My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My mother, Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. Well, today is the Feast of St. Mark, but we're not going to pray about St. Mark, unfortunately. We're going to pray about another feast of another saint coming up next Monday, and that is the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. And um, maybe a little bit overlooked, perhaps. It's an optional memorial, not a full-blown feast. But, well, since it's St. Joseph, we have a special regard for that feast. And, um, and I think it's great that we do have a feast dedicated to Joseph as worker. And so I thought we would do in this, this morning's meditation is just look at a hypothetical day in the life, the working life of St. Joseph, and what we can imagine. Very, I mean, not, not so hypothetical, quite likely perhaps except for the first thing, but, uh, but kind of seven things that we could say would be part and parcel of St. Joseph's working day. And the first one is the commute, because even though we very rarely think of St. Joseph as a commuter, there is a, a strong likelihood, in fact, that St. Joseph did commute to work, because he's um, not very far from Nazareth, six kilometers from Nazareth, Herod Antipas, one of the sons of Herod the Great, uh, he, at the time of our Lord's youth, was building what he expected would be his headquarters, a place called Sepphoris. Uh, it never really turned into so much, but, but it was, there was a huge building project in Sepphoris. So it's quite likely, uh, well, certain that tradesmen from all around would have been going to Sepphoris to help in the huge building project there. The archaeologists have dug up very uh, fancy remains of the town of Sepphoris. So it's kind of nice to imagine Joseph the Tecton, as he's called in the Gospel. It's not just carpenter, it's, it's, and it's not just tradesman. It could be even kind of architect or engineer, a, a maker. Um, and him heading out on any given workday morning with... Jesus, uh, who in his, at least in his early teens is more an apprentice than anything else. And had he often joining perhaps a dozen or two dozen other tectons and tradesmen of Nazareth for the commute to Sepphoris. Just one other worker. One other guy and his son, and there'll be other, other guys with, you can imagine with their, with their sons also, other, other apprentices, heading off to work in the morning. Like this morning, uh, here, well, all around the world, millions of men and women heading off to work, uh, most of them perhaps in public transport, some of them walking, some of them on bicycles, some of them in, on donkeys perhaps in some places. 
and and they've commuted to work. And St. Joseph, no different. And, and just think, think of that very nice secularity of St. Joseph. He's there, the second holiest creature, perhaps, that God has ever created, uh, just next to Our Lady. And him heading off with his young son, apprentice, in the commute with other men, heading off, chatting, um, maybe saying some prayers as he heads off to work in the morning. So, just like anybody else, leading the God, the word, the life that God wanted him to lead. We can imagine him then arriving six kilometers later in, in the town of Sepphoris. Presumably he and maybe some others would have had a, a kind of workshop for their tools and uh, all that kind of stuff and they're carting them over each day. Um, I like to imagine a, a delivery of wood coming uh, for whatever has to be built, uh, part of a, an official building or other. And um, Lebanese cedar, which we hear about so much in the, in the scriptures, um, delivery of Le- Lebanese cedar. But I like to imagine also St. Joseph examining it closely looking at it and perhaps saying, well, that's fine, but the other part, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not taking that. That's, uh, that's rotten or that's a really bad piece of wood. I'm not buying that, thank you very much. You know, so he's a real worker and, and even haggling the price. Uh, you know, because, well, he, he wouldn't survive long as, as a tecton if he wasn't doing that. He'd be out of business very quickly. So it's not like he's... he's um, <coughs> Is some kind of naive abroad, and you could, as you would kind of get the impression from a lot of the pictures of these pastelli pictures of Saint Joseph, who looks like he wouldn't survive half a day in in, in any kind of trade, uh, he would just be taken advantage of. And um, but no, he's, it's and it can be tough. You know, any any trade can be, but cut, cut and thrust. But he's able to hold his own without doing anything remotely wrong, of course. But he's not buying that wood. Thank you very much. And then down to work. The hard, the, the real, the muscle work coming at the beginning. This work has to, this, this, this log then has to be trans, transformed into planks, uh, perhaps to begin with. And this is the work of, of sawing, maybe initially an axe, and breaking it up into large pieces, and then sawing with Jesus. And hard work, but in St. Joseph's sweating, there's, there's no doubt about that, this kind of work. And again, those pastelli pictures, I uh, just do not give that the, the, any impression that St. Joseph engaged in any hard work. But this is hard work, work that leaves you tired at the end of the day. So ju- just hard work. And a lot of St. Joseph's work is physically hard work. He's got the hands of any tecton. Well, he's got he's got um, he's got rough enough hands from this work. His fortitude. He's a man of also physical fortitude. At the same time, the third. Well, perhaps third thing is his prayer during this, because of course there's a very unusual circumstance here that he is working very consciously for the creator of all things, but in a very usual, unusual situation of with the creator of all things. 
He knows her very well. Jesus learning the trade from him, learning how to transform creation into beautiful things and very useful things. But the creation coming from Jesus and, and the Father and the Holy Spirit at the beginning of time. So it's an amazing circumstance, really quite something. But thinking of that, I mean, just St. Joseph's presence of God in working. Now again, really hard work, sweating, physical effort in this work, but his presence of God, knowing very well, knowing his scripture very well, uh, that the, the instruction in the book of Genesis about what man, Adam and Eve are supposed to do in the world, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, subdue it, bring it, make it serve you, not in a servile kind of damaged way, but in, in bring it to its maximum potential for you. And, and St. Joseph is doing that, maybe very consciously, I'm subduing this log of Lebanese cedar. This is a big log, I'm subduing it. I'm transforming it into something very useful, very necessary, very beautiful perhaps, but it's subduing. But, but with the creator of that wood right beside him. They're very, very beautiful. Say, uh, Pope Francis talks about, talks about St. Joseph. In talking about St. Joseph, he talks about Joseph the worker. And he says, the person who works, whatever his task, collaborates with God himself. He's converted a little bit into a creator of the world that surrounds him. So St. Joseph is a creator, co-creator, as all of us, the work that we do today, whatever our task is. It's a beautiful task. And again, you can imagine St. Jo Joseph, very conscious of that task. I am a co-creator with a very unusual circumstance of having the creator beside me, having the Logos through whom all things are created right beside me. But I am a co-creator. And with that presence of God, loving presence of God, I'm working for God. Because you, 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 Father, asked me to subdue the earth. All of us can say the same thing. I do it for love of you and love of others. You think of St. Joseph's awareness of his work as a service. Um, and it's a very nice thing if you, you uh, hear a my father was a builder, and he was very conscious that those houses that he was building would have to stand and not fall in on the, on the poor inhabitants long after he was gone, as they do in various places around Dublin. And he was very conscious of that. Families will live in these houses. I'll earn my money and so on, sure, but long after that money is gone, um, or you have wasted it, you might say to me, um, it, that house will stand. And there were families living in that home. They were a nice thing, the love of God, love of others in my work. Now, working as a tecton or the, as a builder is very, is very direct. In a certain sense, very easy to say, even, you know, making a, a, a dinner table. The families that will be eating around this table for generations. I want it to be a nice, solid, pleasant table. Directly a work of service and of love. And me, well, what work will remain after I'm long gone? What aspects, maybe not a physical 
table or whatever St. Jo Joseph and you, Lord, are working on in this, this particular day's work. But that's, that sense of whatever it is, service. Fourthly, lunchtime. Lunch comes. And you can imagine Joseph and Jesus are both looking forward to lunch. They're hungry. But what I wouldn't like to imagine them doing at lunchtime is both them sneaking off, you know, sneaking off to pray. Uh, I think it's much nicer to imagine them going off and being with the other workers. Uh, another, another couple of guys from Nazareth, perhaps, and their, their sons. And, and having, a, having their meal together, opening up their packed lunches or whatever they have. And, um, and eating together and talking and laughing and discussing things and discussing the rising price of Lebanese cedar or discussing Herod Antipas and all his crazy plans or whatever it is and laughing about things. And, and that kind of camaraderie that they would have had. And a lovely thing, St. Joseph and his camaraderie with his fellow workmen discussing work. And in a certain sense, this is a, even the lunch break, and I think it's an important part of enjoying our work. There's a great line, again, St. Joseph would have been very aware of it from Ecclesiastes. There's nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his work. This also I saw is from the hand of God. A lovely line. Uh, that, you know, you kind of get the impression like the, the kind of epicenter of that is, is precisely lunchtime. Uh, sitting down, done the morning's work, everything's going well, certain problems. We're sitting down together, the camaraderie of the, the workers together. And that's, that's partly why St. Joseph is, this feast was created actually, St. Joseph the worker. It was partly against the communist kind of takeover of work and turning it into pure kind of stuff of an anti-hive and um, St. Saint, Saint Joseph being said, oh no, St. Joseph was a worker, just like anybody else. And this wonderful uh, child of God at the same time. We imagine from their work interacting, also with an apostolic sense, his solidarity with his comrades, um, his interest in their, in their lives, and the lunchtime being a perfect time for interacting. And Jesus the same, we can imagine. Both very happy workers. Well, the the next stage, lunch is over, back to work, and again, I, I think that Saint Joseph would have done something that perhaps we find that we don't often do, and that is get straight back to work. Now, of course, Saint Joseph is pre mobile phones. But mobile phones are perfect for extending our fingers, long fingers. I put off my work. I just check. I just check the news. I just check the weather. I just check the weather in other countries. I check anything but get back to work. And it's funny, and we all, I, well, I hope we all uh, find ourselves in the same boat, just because, you know, work is difficult. It's certainly a lot easier to check the news or, or look up something online or or do something else rather than in, back into work. And I can imagine that in St. Joseph's probably quite really striking the way, whatever, you know, it's 45 minutes for lunch, whatever. And then when that's over, the chit-chat and great 
but now straight back in straight back in picking up that that uh, saw or whatever it is that he, he's working with now even though his hands are sore there's, there's um, calluses developing straight back in to the work Jesus with him no putting off the evil hour not even an evil hour but the difficult moment as Saint Rosemary says in the fort don't confuse serenity with being lazy or careless with putting off decisions or deferring the study of important matters deferring putting off delaying it's all that kind of long finger thing and we're going to imagine when Saint Joseph and we also see in other moments you know the angel appears in a dream that he, he moves immediately he's very quick and this is part of his great what you could call an agile strong and serene personality which is the result of of the virtues largely the virtues of fortitude which we see getting down to work and that Joseph practices that day after day and has done so all his life. So we think of ourselves the same. The virtues, in particular the fortitude, that develops in, in me, in other words, in work, we're producing two things, you could say. We're producing the work, the, whatever it is, the spreadsheet or the, the, the thing of the paper or the physical thing in front of us. We're producing that, but we're also producing ourselves. We're producing the character in me, the virtues, and so many of our virtues, probably the majority of our virtues, actually come in and through our work and how we work. And so we see St. Joseph, this agile, strong and serene personality, which we see in those emergency moments later on, the emergency moments of fleeing, whether they were beforehand, but the fleeing to Egypt and so on. But with an agility and a, and a serenity and a strength, it must have come from his work practices. Again, we think of our, I think of myself, my work practices, are they like that? Do I have that fortitude, that, that sense of now, now, no need to delay? Am I just, and even just being kind of aware, am I just delaying? Am I just being lazy? Are deferring this thing about physically getting that to work, or grasping the nettle that needs to be grasped, or having the conversation that I would prefer not to have, or whatever it is. So it's a really important part. The sixth thing we could imagine as the afternoon progresses, um, something that often happens in the afternoon. Funny because I was trying to ring a certain uh, on Friday afternoon, last about four o'clock. I was ringing a certain institution uh, of the government and uh, I wasn't getting any answer. And somebody said, four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, forget it. They're just waiting for five o'clock to come along and your phone is ringing, their phone is ringing away, but they're not going to touch it. And that idea of just not really finishing off property. So St. Joseph there... He could coast, he could say, well, coming up to, you know, coming up to uh, five o'clock or whatever it is that would be finishing time, well, we just coast along. Not really do a, do a really good job. Be tired, let it go. And I, I would say in St. Joseph, 
He's a worker, but he's also in a certain sense, like many workers, have a great artistic sensibility, especially a craftsman. The artistic sensibility of the, you could say, the expectation, what they want from the work. And I recently read a book, a biography of Walt Disney, which I really enjoyed, I must say. And he was such an impressive guy. And his success was not just he was the right place at the right time, not at all. Success was him, Walt Disney. And also the, kind of, also the virtues and the, the work practices that he developed as a boy, where he worked very hard as a kid. Um, and somebody who worked, the, the, all the, all the um, animation studios were in New York, but he went to California. And, uh, he, and then he headhunted, as, as, as Disney, Disney grew, he headhunted um, guys from New York to come and work with him. And one guy that he brought from New York, when he came to Disney in California, he said, um, he, he realized what the real difference with Disney, and the reason Disney dominated the animation world completely for decades, was not, as, as was put in the book, not in preparation or specialization, but in expectation. And he said, um, basically, with the work that we had to do, Walt Disney wanted to be done with a great deal of thought toward finesse in order to make it better. You know, it was quality. Make this better. And so we think, again, what are... Probably not involved in animation, but what is what? What is my line of work? And I have I've got that artistic sensibility because the artist does, the, in a certain sense, the art, artist is tortured because he's never good enough. But there should be something about that, I think, in our work. And you can imagine with Saint Joseph, certain an artistic kind of uh, mentality of finesse towards making it better. That's nice. How can we make it better? Finally. Finally, is, is the end of the day. Um, whatever time, again, this is all just uh, imagining and surmising. But the, the day ends, and presumably it ends about five o'clock. The sun sets around six. They want to get home by then. And, and I, I don't think we would see, maybe on very rare occasions, but I could not imagine that Saint, we'd see St. Joseph and Jesus there in Sepphoris at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock because he just can't leave his work. Because involuntarily, like he, he stays there. And he's just, just avoiding, not avoiding going home, but just not going home. Then he stops. He puts his tools away carefully very proud of his tools, very proud of the day's work, but also looking forward to getting home to Nazareth, to the evening meal that Our Lady is preparing, to have that meal with Mary and Jesus, spend some time in prayer, spend some time in conversation, and then the sleep of the just. And so packing things up, and heading home, which I think is very nice again with his comrades, the day's work, all a bit tired, very, you know, content with the day's work done, but they called it a day and they head home.
head home together, chit-chatting, and, and back home to their families. And that great sense of rest, which is, which is the culmination of work, it's the culmination of the, the work of God. The seventh day, God rests. Again, St. Joseph would have been very conscious. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all his work, which he had done in creation. Very nice. So obviously St. Joseph respects the Sabbath, but also the, that rest that comes, should come to us in the evening, down tools, and, and, and that he's not a workaholic. He doesn't overvalue work. He doesn't put it above other things. It's very important. He enjoys it. The, and all those aspects of it, the turning it into prayer, of, of service, of camaraderie, and his insertion into the world. It was a very beautiful thing. We are really inserted. Our, sec, our good secularity comes mostly from our work. And, and you can imagine St. Joseph enjoys that. We can imagine Jesus really enjoys it. I am, re- I am really inserted in the, wor- in, in the world uh, through, through the, the, the profession that God has wanted me to exercise. This is where I'm inserted into the world. This is where I have colleagues. This is where I have a task. This is where I serve people. And I, I think it's very nice to think of that about St. Joseph. Again, thinking about myself. Where am I inserted in the world? Where do I have colleagues? Comrades, where do I serve you see, the communities in the, the, in the country at large? This is through my, through my work. It's a beautiful thing. So we could really, well, ask St. Joseph to, to help us to, to approach work with this kind of way that we imagine that he would, he would have approached work. The, the commuter in the morning, in the evening, heading off, his interaction with others, his, his fortitude, getting stuck into the work, even though it's physically very tiring, his camaraderie, for others, his turning it into prayer, um, very, very conscious of being a co-creator, his desire to get the perfection that he can in the time available, at seeking that, that, that kind of beauty, the artistic beauty also in his work, that he's, he's proud proud of his work and you know you can imagine rightly so like so many men and women should be very proud of their work and what they've produced am i should i be and am i proud of my work and then at the end of my work i'm able to rest take it easy put her aside and enjoy family life so anyway we finish up asking saint joseph help us to to want to approach our work and you could say say in a particular way with something which is i think very Perhaps you could say symptomatic of St. Joseph, enjoy our work. Enjoy all that it brings. Enjoy all those aspects that are connected with my work. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My mother immaculate. Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.